0: This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Earlier this week, West Virginia surpassed 7,500 COVID-19 deaths. But it affected some counties in the state differently than others. And there are signs it isn't over yet.
1: I think that we are moving into the buzzword now is a tridemic of flu, RSV, and COVID all potentially hitting their peak this fall. And it could be very
0: bad. That story and more this West Virginia Morning. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency announced the latest round of rebates for clean school buses. As Curtis Tate reports, three West Virginia districts received them.
2: Boone County will receive the largest EPA rebate, nearly $1.2 million for three buses. Wirt and Wyoming counties will receive $395,000 each for one bus. All of them will be electric. The three districts are among nearly 400 nationwide that received more than $900 million in rebates for clean school buses under the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. The awards will support the purchase of nearly 2,500 buses, 95% of them electric. Districts with large populations of low-income, rural, or tribal students were given priority. Additional awards will be announced in the coming weeks, according to EPA. Funding will also be available for a new round of rebates next year. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston.
0: A program that trains West Virginians to write computer code now offers a living stipend. Generation West Virginia's New Force is offering $11 per hour for residents accepted into the program who demonstrate a financial need. Jessica Lilly reports. New Force is a six-month, fully remote, tuition-free coding school for West Virginia residents. They're now accepting applications for the seventh group of residents looking to work in the tech economy. For the first time, Generation West Virginia is offering to pay residents while they're in the program. More than 85 percent of graduates have found employment in software development within months of graduating. The median starting salary for program graduates is $48,000 annually. No coding experience is required. The organization is hosting an informative session next week. Find more details on our website at wvpublic.org. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Jessica Lilly in Athens. It's now a little easier for transgender people to amend their birth certificates in West Virginia. Eric Douglas has more.
2: The West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources Vital Registration Office has introduced more accessible and safer policies for transgender people to make changes to their birth certificates, and the ACLU has ended its lawsuit. Previously, the Vital Registration Office required transgender applicants to produce a circuit court order directing the change. In 2020, the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals ended the court's ability to order such amendments, but the Registration Office didn't change its policy. In 2021, several groups, including the ACLU of West Virginia, brought a lawsuit. It demanded that the agency develop policies for transgender people to amend their gender marker and do it without having to disclose their transgender status on the amended birth certificate. In April, the DHHR announced new birth certificate amendment policies, and now the groups have officially settled the lawsuit. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Eric Douglas in Charleston.
0: As we prepare for another election day, some people continue to raise unfounded claims about the results from two years ago. It's time for the Us and Them dinner party crew to meet in person to talk about that and other topics. Host Trey Kay has shared food and conversation with this group for two years. They talk honestly about things that divide them while learning more about each other along the way. Here's an excerpt.
2: We're clearing the plates from our hybrid dinner party. The main course is behind us, and now it's time for dessert and more conversation. And could you move the bread
3: you're going to bring the cake? Exactly. Okay. I apologize again in advance.
4: Oh, I'm not going to hear
3: any
2: of that. Right. Yeah. That's going to be great. So oh, let's, let's, let's oh. dig in. I just want to taste a little taste, and i got a question for everybody. Okay.
3: Oh, my goodness. Right, delicious.
2: We had our first uh, dinner party right before the 2020 election. Then we had another dinner party right after the 2020 elections. Jay, you at that time talked about how you didn't feel confident in in the result of the election. Now I have to tell you, when you said that, I kind of, my thought was, well, it's kind of interesting. Jay's talking about this now, but this is going to be an issue for about ten more minutes. It's <laughs> still going on. It's it? still going on.
3: Yeah. On so, January 6th, you thought what? <laughs> Maybe yeah, <that> was wrong. <laughs> and
4: so I, I guess my my question is, what? What are your thoughts? Let
2: let me me clarify here. I can't tell you that Trump won. I'm not about to tell you that Trump won. But I will tell you, I have no confidence that Biden won. I'm I'm not going to say Trump won. I am going to say there was considerable problems with the election. Whether it was enough, I have no idea. Ann's wanted to get in here.
0: I think based on what we know about human nature, we can assume that every election that has ever been held has had some sort of crooked dealings going on. No doubt. No doubt. What concerns me is we have an election. There is a result. But we don't have a peaceful transition of power. That, in my mind is the greatest threat this democracy has ever faced since the Civil War. I agree.
4: Sharon, how you feeling about that?
3: I agree with uh, that. Um, I don't want to uh, get into if Trump really won or whatever, whatever. But it is what it is with what we have, and we have to uh, do what we have to do to um, make sure that America is how it has always been strong and mighty. And and what I mean by that is to make sure that the people that are being served, that they are, uh, treated as best as they possibly can. I don't want to get into, um, I uh, looking at uh black men uh being shot down and all of that. I, I don't want to get into that. Uh uh I don't want to get into uh going back are we going back to the civil rights movement? Well that was what I remember well cuz like I said I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. I don't I don't want, I don't want to do that because that's that's a personal thing. What I want to be clear is that Every citizen here in these United States are being treated fairly and that everybody has an opportunity to do what they need to do in order to survive.
0: That excerpt is from the latest Us and Them episode, Please Pass the Politics. Tune in tonight at 8 on West Virginia Public Broadcasting, where you can hear the entire episode, which features a range of perspectives from the Us and Them dinner party crew. There will be an encore episode on Saturday, October 29th at 3 p.m. Us and Them is supported by the West Virginia Humanities Council, the CRC Foundation, the Greater Kanawha Valley Foundation, and the Daywood Foundation. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.52. (music) Areas of fog this morning with gradual clearing today. High temperatures in the 50s and low 60s. Mostly clear tonight, lows in the 30s, and partly sunny tomorrow with highs in the 50s and 60s. Support for WVPB is provided by Edith's Health and Specialty Store in historic downtown Lewisburg. Wishing you a healthy, happy holiday season on Facebook or at edithstore.com. Earlier this week, West Virginia surpassed 7,500 COVID-19 deaths. Reporter Chris Schultz looked at why the pandemic has impacted counties differently.
5: COVID-19 has not had an equal impact. Across the country, some states and communities continue to be harder hit by the pandemic than others, and West Virginia is no exception. Kanawha County is the largest in the state, with more than 180,000 residents, That's roughly 10% of West Virginia's population, and as would be expected, the county makes up about 10% of the state's COVID-19 deaths. For the most part, bigger counties have more deaths proportional to their size. The same goes for smaller counties and fewer deaths. Looking around the state, most counties follow this trend, excluding a few outliers. One of the biggest outliers is Monongalia County, which accounts for just under 6% of the state's population but less than 3% of all deaths in West Virginia. Dr. Steven Eschenauer is the health officer for the Kanaw charleston Health Department.
1: In COVID, we found that probably the single greatest risk factor, especially early in the disease with the Wuhan strain, of a predictor of mortality was age. The older you are, the worse this disease
5: is on you. Eschenauer points to the significant difference in the age of Kanawha and Monongalia County's populations as a likely explanation for the discrepancies in death rates.
1: Kanawha County has 21.6% of our population. That is over 65. Mon County has 13.5% of its population is over age 65. It's almost half.
5: According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, Americans 55 and over account for 90% of all COVID deaths in the country. CDC data also shows that the risk for death from COVID-19 grows dramatically as age goes up. Compared to 18- to 29-year-olds, 40- to 49-year-olds are 10 times more likely to die from COVID-19. For those aged 50- to 65, they are 25 times more likely. Dr. Lee Smith is the health officer and director of the Monongalia County Health Department and has led the county's pandemic response for the past two and a half years.
4: Right now we have total number of deaths, total number of cases. The areas that we don't have right now is how many of the people who contracted COVID were smokers, or elderly. We know that those are the at-risk populations.
5: He cautions, drawing conclusions from what he calls an incomplete picture. He says it may be years before we understand how and why COVID-19 impacted communities differently, if ever.
4: Public health is going to be studying COVID probably for the next decade, if not more. We saw that this impacted the elderly more at the, at the beginning. So I think that it's, it's a worthy line of, of inquiry because this is going to be a cumulative knowledge built up over time.
5: One thing that both health officers can agree on is the impact of vaccines on the pandemic and deaths. Eschenauer calls vaccines the single most effective tool we have to protect individuals. But the statewide rate of distribution for booster shots sits at just 32%. Smith says he can relate to the public's COVID fatigue.
4: Because of COVID fatigue, many people are wanting just to not consider it anymore. And I certainly understand that because our staff is as fatigued as anyone with COVID, but it hasn't gone away completely. It was said early on, my mask protects you, your mask protects me, my vaccine protects you, your vaccine protects me. And I think that if we can move beyond the politics, and get to a point where we're doing this as a community, that's, that's gonna be the better position.
5: COVID fatigue and vaccine complacency could spell trouble in the coming weeks and months as COVID-19 begins to interact with other respiratory viruses that surge with colder weather.
1: I think that we are moving into the buzzword now is a tridemic of flu, RSV, and COVID all potentially hitting their peak this fall. And it could be very bad, especially when you see people that get concomitant illnesses. That is, they get two illnesses at the same time, like flu and COVID, or RSV and COVID together.
5: COVID-19 deaths are slowing in West Virginia, and that may be causing some people to let their guard down. But vaccine hesitancy combined with flu and RSV outbreaks could spell a long winter for the state. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown.
0: West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Amelia Nicely, Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, David Adkins, Eric Douglas, Jessica Lilly, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.